All right, well, we're back. Uh, Welcome. <laughs> it's been Shut a while. Uh, last time we talked, sports weren't happening yet. They were about to. Uh, and now we're halfway through the baseball season. Um, NBA playoffs have started. NBA playoffs are in full swing. NHL playoffs have started. Mm-hmm. Um, football is just weeks away from happening, hopefully. Uh, yeah. A lot has happened with college football. I mean, <clears throat> some some conferences are playing, some aren't. Uh, and with that, it'll be interesting to see in at the end of what would be the college football season in December or January. It'll be it'll be interesting to see who who made the right call. You know. Um, I guess we we can talk about this a little bit now. Like right now, like the Big Ten canceled sports or canceled fall sports, moved them, they say, to the spring. Um, I think that it'll be hard to play in the spring. Uh, If they they try to play in the spring, I think a lot of – a lot of the big-time names will opt out because – It'll be right when the NFL Combine is and the NFL Draft is, and yeah, like it's I don't know, it's hard to see. Like it'll be a different, it'll be a difficult spot for the seniors to have to make a right decision. Of course, they'd all want to play, right? But, but if what, it, if it bumps right up to the to the draft, I mean, mm-hmm. are they going to choose to? play their college season and maybe get hurt right before the draft or focus on getting ready for the draft and performing well at the combine, you know, I bet they'd, I bet they'd push the combine and draft back a little bit. Yeah. I could see that happening because I mean, a name like you can't kind of of have them overlap or even happen immediately after. Right. That's just not fair to the players to have to make that decision and if you want the best talent and for everyone to like play their senior season and for everyone to show up right for um the combine and the draft still it'd be smart on the nfl to kind of work with the ncaa yep on that i agree and it's gonna be weird with some yeah like you said some conferences playing this fall some playing this spring like well are they gonna do it how are they gonna do it championship game or like what's the plan with that (laughs) right well and did you see that the um the top 25 poll came out yesterday and teams that aren't playing this fall are part of it i mean like ohio state is number two yeah i guess in the preseason poll and the gophers are number 19 like how 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 does that so after week one when Alabama and Clemson and you know all these all these top teams are are playing and Ohio State who's ranked number two and Minnesota and Penn State and Oregon are not I mean because the Pac-12 yeah. also is not playing this fall. And you can't move Ohio State down because they didn't lose, but you know they also didn't play. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make. I don't. That just seems like it'll be really hard to determine. Like, do they just say after week one? Do they just say, well, these teams 
aren't playing, so they're all dropping out. And like, or say that, yeah, like say they drop out. Well, then you add like ten more teams into the top twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, are know. they gonna? Are they gonna have to do like a? I guess two different college football playoffs. <laughs> right. One or, or wait until April to play the college football playoffs, and then the team teams like <laughs> Clemson and. Alabama and Oklahoma who have a shot at making the playoffs have to wait another four months before they get to play in those games, you know, (laughs) I don't know. That would not be honestly like with the spring season, I don't see that happening. Like I, I get, I don't know. I just, I think that logistically it's just so hard and I hope that it does. Like I hope that they can work something out, but just when you when I think about it, like it just seems so so difficult to try to work that out. And so and I think that I think when they when they said when the Big Ten came out and said we aren't playing in the fall, we're playing in the spring, or we're we're hopefully gonna play in the spring is what I think they said. I think that when they say that, they need they should have came out and had a plan to play in the spring, you know? Yeah. Say, you can't just say that you're going to play in the spring and not have a plan. Right. Like say, okay, so we for, for everyone's health and safety, we're not playing in the fall, but here's our plan for the spring. Like that just makes so much more sense to me than, oh, well, we're, we're hopefully, we're very hopeful that we're going to play in the spring, but it might not work out. You know, like that, that just doesn't, that just seems really hard to me for me to. Yeah. And at this point, do you even think? Um, it's justified to say it's for their health and safety with a lot of players coming out saying they want to play and with all the studies showing that like, I mean, the younger, more athletic and in shape right. people right. are asymptomatic if they get it, right. which means like it's a non-factor for them. I guess it's just kind of... Yeah, I agree. I think... A weird position. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is, and it's a very tough decision. I mean, I would hate to be someone who has to be in charge of making that decision. You know, like it. It. I think that they're just watching out for themselves. Cause say they play, and say like something does happen, and there's a huge outbreak, and kids get really sick. Then, I mean, then who knows? I mean, they could get sued. They. I mean, they're just watching their own back. I think. But I don't know. Yeah, and then really- you also have to think about like the coaches, you know, who are fifty and sixty years old in some cases. So yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's just a really tough decision, I think. But I don't think that the Big Ten handled it well. I mean, they still aren't. There's still no communication. There's still, you know, like yeah, and it's hard to play. Uh- it's hard to say you're not going to play when the Big Ten always has like seven people in the top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm looking like, at I'm looking at the the top twenty-five right now, and Ohio State's number two, Penn State's number seven, Oregon's mm-hmm. number nine. I mean, Oregon's not in Big Ten, but they're also not playing this year. Yeah. Um. Uh, Wisconsin's 12. Yeah, Wisconsin's twelve. USC in the Pac-12 is seventeen. Minnesota's nineteen. And Iowa is twenty four, and Utah is twenty two. 
And so Michigan 16. Yeah, Michigan 16. So like that's like nine or ten teams right there that aren't playing. So what do you do after week one to those teams? You know? I don't know. What do you think they should do? I think they I mean play the I think the teams that are playing in the fall do a college football playoff for themselves. Have two national champions this year. Yeah. (laughs) Teams that play in the spring do a college football playoff for themselves. Have two national champions. I did. Yeah, I did see that um, they announced when the first playoff ranking will be out. November 17th, the college football playoff committee is going to release their first ranking. So, hmm. I don't know. It would be a weird spot. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it is. It's weird. It's going to be a weird season. So, yeah. And, uh, I mean, sports are weird right now. It's, yeah. Did you see with the NFL how they tested everyone in 77? came back positive right. and then they, retested they were, they were false positive and they were all false positives. Right. Including unless, some like big time players. <clears throat> yeah. Like, like unless some of those, like unless they're all false positives and then they retested them and then they're like all false negatives. <laughs> well, I heard yesterday that, <clears throat> so like they, they all tested positive and then, they retested them all because, like, everyone didn't have any symptoms. And yeah. they, like, had two negative tests in a 24-hour span after the after their first positive test. And mm-hmm. in that case, if you, like, if you have two negative tests right after you test positive, I guess they, they categorize it as a false positive. So, but, like that could be a huge problem, you know, like say you're it's week 17 and it's a huge game between, I don't know who the Vikings play week 17, but yeah, like it, it, the divisions on the line and Kirk cousins or Dalvin cook has a false positive test, yeah. <laughs> but they test positive. So they're like, well, you can't play. Well, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that just seems so difficult. And they're just, that's why I like, and the bubbles are working. I mean, for the NBA and NHL, they haven't had a positive test since like the first week they were there. Yeah. But I don't know how you do a, how do you do a bubble for NFL? NFL. (laughs) How do you do? I mean, it's not as easy, right? There's a hundred, a hundred player or not a hundred players, but like your whole traveling party is a hundred plus for each team. And there's 32 teams. You, I mean, that's that's not possible to do. So no. Same for baseball. Like I, I don't know how you do that. I mean, baseball has been been iffy. Um, I mean, the Cardinals, what they didn't play for like two and a half weeks. Same with them. I mean, the Marlins didn't play for what two weeks, and the Reds had a mini outbreak. So. It's been yeah. it's been since like July 29th where there hasn't been there's been like one day where there hasn't been a game postponed from COVID-19. So, 
Yeah. And I mean, the MLB is kind of proof that, like, even with these, like, mini outbreaks, like, it hasn't really affected anyone in the game. They just had to postpone games. Right. And, like, the MLB is kind of proof that the NFL season can still go on. Yeah. With the same way the MLB the thing season I- is. It's yeah. harder because to, it's harder to make up an NFL game. Right, that's what to. I was going to say. You can't like you can't do a doubleheader the next day. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah you, I, so it's really – that's the hard part with the NFL because there's so little games and it's so physically demanding in one game. Right. If you have um, If you have like seven people on your team that get it on Saturday, then – you probably just won't be able to play that game. And like, how do what do you do? <laughs> well, what, one thing that they could do is like, they could have like an extra two weeks or something like that between the end of the season and the start of the playoffs. And if they have to post, postpone a game, then they have those two weekends, you know, which I mean, mm-hmm. that could be a possibility, but that's also a logistical challenge because I mean, like the Super Bowl is set for a certain day, and and maybe that's not as big of a deal this year if they can't. I mean, who knows what it's going to be like in February? Maybe by February, they can have a certain amount of fans in there. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. NFL teams are already planning. Some of them are already planning on having fans. Like the Cowboys want to have fans. the The yeah. Chiefs said they're they're having fans at like twenty percent or twenty five percent capacity, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The the Vikings just uh, announced this morning that they are not having fans the first two home games. Really? Yeah, which I don't – Who I think like one of those games is the Packers. Is it, is it? No. We, yeah. Is it the pa- – or do we open the season at Lambeau? We open the season at home against the Packers. So that game. So, yeah. And the then first- – <laughs> and then the Titans. Okay. So like week three. Okay. So I <laughs> that's gonna be interesting too with like how they do crowd noise. Cause in an, in a Vikings game, I mean, home field advantage is such a huge part of US Bank Stadium. I mean oh, yeah. it's so it's so freaking loud. Yeah, the Vikings Right. It's so freaking loud that like if <laughs> Like, are they going to, like, just pump in really loud crowd noise when the Packers have the ball? <laughs> I have the skull can't record Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Be, I don't know what the – they need to come out with a plan for what they're going to do. Right. Yeah, I think having a couple-week couple, couple week buffer Yeah. for, like, the games have to be canceled and stuff. Yep. That probably be the best option. Right. I agree. And maybe, like, Cause, I don't know how you could, if, like, there's going to be a lot of, if there's going to be a lot of games that have to be made up, like, maybe it's best not to do, like, Thursday or Monday night football either. Yeah. Just because that throws off schedules a lot, too. Right. Like, some teams would play Sunday, and then they could have, like, an out. Outbreak and then they can't play Thursday and then they can't all play the next week either and yeah it's just a whole 
It is. It's a mess. It could be a mess. No. <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't know. It. It just. Yeah, and like with the MLB, this is what I was gonna say. With the MLB, like the Cardinals are not gonna play sixty games this year. They already said that. Like, there's just no way they can play sixty games in the amount of in the amount of time that they have left. Yeah. And so they're gonna go based on winning percentage, I think. And I feel like in the NFL, I mean, you could do that if you can't play sixteen games. But there's, there's, I feel like there's not enough games where. I mean, if you are playing one extra game or one less game, your winning percentage could be completely different, you know? Like, it's it's not as big of a sample size. You can't do that as easy as you can with the MLB because they have 60 games to To, choose from. Right. I mean, if you go – so say you play play 14 games instead of 16 games and you go 12 and 2 instead of, you know – 13 and three. I mean, your winning percentage is a lot different. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, there's a lot to, to to think about and a lot that goes into it, but. I'm just looking forward to Justin Jefferson. Uh, he's a beast. Off off this year. <laughs> he's a, he's, he's been highlight real so far. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking really good. Well, and then like that Cam Densler, the cornerback that we drafted, he's yep. looking really good too for what from what I've mm-hmm. seen. He's made some big plays. And yeah. I don't Healthy know. Healthy Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's in there. He's he's practicing. Yeah. And I don't know. Do you think that we should sign him? Yep, I do. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I don't want to give him like sixteen million dollars a year, though. That's a thing. I don't know. He's like the first glimmer of hope that since the AP. Vikings have had in the running game since AP. Right. And it's hard to just let that go. <laughs> oh, I completely agree. I do, but and I want us to sign him. I do. I just mm-hmm. I don't know if we're willing to spend sixteen mil a year on a running back because in the game today, I mean, I think that running backs are the most replaceable position on the field. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think that you should pay a running back that much when, I mean, we, I mean, Madison could do well. He's a good running back. He's probably one of the best second string running backs in the league. And he's, I think he, the difference he, is like if you have Madison start or if you have Cook start, that's like that changes probably. I think we get like two or three more wins if we have Cook start than if we have Madison start, and yeah. that's really big. <laughs> I could see that because our path our um passing game isn't going to be one hundred percent every single game, and right. even though the Vikings usually choose to rely on that. The run game is where they need to work on to win games, and if they have Dalvin Cook, they're going to have one, two, three more wins than if they start a player like Madison. Although he's good, he's good to come in after Dalvin Cook has ran the ball a few times. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. And Cook also just needs to stay healthy. So Yeah. 
I yep. don't. Yeah, but I mean the Twins are playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have well. the best record in the American League right now. Yeah, that's crazy. I think we're <laughs> we're tied. Yeah, we're tied with the Athletics, but through thirty games, we're twenty and ten. I mean, you can't ask for much better than that. We have the second best run differential in the league in the entire MLB. But I mean, the Dodgers are the Dodgers are in first place, and they have a plus seventy nine. They've scored eighty more runs than their opponent this year already. <laughs> That's incredible, and we're in second place with a forty one. So yeah, I was looking at the um. The Twins have only allowed 102 runs through 30 games, and yep. that's the fewest they've allowed through 30 games since 1972. Wow. Which is to show how good our pitching is well, this year. And the thing – yeah, right. And and that's a surprising thing because even our offense – our offense is nowhere near what it was last year. I mean – Yeah. And you look at who's on the DL. Josh Donaldson hasn't played in, what, three weeks – um, yep. Buxton's on the DL right now. Garver's on the DL, which Garver has not been doing very well this year. He started off really slow. Yeah, it's uh, been a little disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, I mean, who else is on the DL right now? Uh, well, uh, um, we just put a, a Zach Littell, and he's pitched pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean – even without, I mean, half our team is on the DL and or the IL, and um, and we still have the second best record in the league. I mean, that just shows how my Maeda has been amazing this year. And <laughs> isn't Odo is still on the IL. Odo, right? uh, he just got put back on the IL. I think. Oh, okay. Um, he came in, he pitched like twice, and then got hit by a line drive. And now he's on the IL again. That's right. Um, and yeah, Randy Dobnik has been pitching <laughs> really well this year. Yeah, Dobnik and Maeda. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And Barrios finally had his first good start of the year, so hopefully he yeah. continues that. But yeah, yeah, it was fun to see Dobnik and Maeda up there with Garrett Cole on the Cy Young ranking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like it's like almost a complete 180 from what it was last year already like last year our offense carried us and now our pitching is our pitching and defense we have the like fewest errors in the league right now and i mean and sano sano and cruz are carrying our offense i mean both of them yeah. are really hot right now <laughs> it's like yeah. cruz is still batting like 350 almost and uh-huh. uh Sano has an eight-game extra base hit streak, so he's he's lightening it up, and Cruz is lightening it up, and, and Cruz is forty years old. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> if and I think that the with everyone on the IL right now, <clears throat> I think that we are uh, being very careful with that too, because we have a. 99.9 chance of making the playoffs. I mean, there's no question we're going to make the playoffs or not. And yeah. so why not why not rest everyone until they're fully healthy? Like just be super careful. And mm-hmm. cuz I'd I'd rather have Josh Donaldson 100% in 
in October than 80% and playing right now. Especially yeah, with- one thing that's difficult is like, it's easy to say like, if we rest them, they'll be at 100%. But it's, if you, if you rest for the whole season or like half the season, like, You're I don't think you can really well. be at 100% because you haven't played any games. Right. Even if you feel really good and you're not going to get injured, coming in after not playing a whole season and playing in the playoffs, no matter how good you feel, you're probably going to only be at, like, 75%. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you just get into the playoff environment after being rested for so long because people get to 100% by playing in the games and by – having that motivation and building off of each other and going in and getting three up, three down on defense. And then, right. Yeah. It's just really one thing. It's wrestling is good, but it's also not good. (laughs) Right. No, I, yeah, I get that. And that is one thing to keep in mind, but I think, I don't know. I mean, I think that the, like John Donaldson should be healthy soon if he's not already. And so, he, I'd, I'd like to get him a good amount of bats before the playoffs start. So, mm-hmm. um, how, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Twins are fun to watch, though. And last night, we, I mean, we took that close game with the Indians. That was mm-hmm. a fun game to watch. Sergio Romo is such a fun player to watch. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he he has so much energy on the mound. It it's mm-hmm. it's so fun. Um, he and he he's he's making the other benches upset too. I mean, against the Royals, what was that last week where he he got super excited after finishing an inning and said something to the Royals bench, and they were not happy. And yeah, <laughs> he, he he said something to the Indians bench last or last night after the eighth inning too, and mm-hmm. he's fun to watch. I I'm a fan of Sergio. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's fun to. It's nice to have like all of our the Twins are doing so well right now because of their pitching. Yep, like their pitching is making their batting better even though they're not as good as they are right now because of all the injuries and stuff right but like because of their their pitching is just carrying over yep onto their into the bats and it's allowing the team just to be motivated the whole game right and And even with Kenta Meta almost getting that no hitter yeah that was awesome and almost losing the game I know (laughs) that game was so stressful (laughs) I know. I was watching. I, I wasn't able to watch. I was with the Army for training all day. And then I turned it on in the ninth inning. And the first at bat, he gave up the hit. And I was so, <laughs> so devastated. I know. And then we proceeded to tie the game and go into 12 innings. Yeah. Still pulling out the win. But <laughs> yeah. And he's a, he's a fun dude, too. He Did you see that he made a YouTube video? Uh saying because i guess so taylor rogers came in and gave up the three runs in the ninth inning once my came out and i guess taylor rogers was so he felt so bad because after he did that maeda didn't get the win even and he got a no decision and so he like went and bought him this super expensive fancy rice 
that Maeda really likes. It's like, I don't know, from some shop that mm-hmm. makes authentic, is, I don't know, is Maeda Japanese? I think so. I think so. Or, yeah, anyway. He made, yeah, so he made, they make really expensive, nice um, rice from wherever Maeda's from. And so Rogers, yeah. Rogers bought him that. And uh, <laughs> so he made, he made this YouTube video explaining that he uh he's like rogers does shouldn't have to be or shouldn't have felt sorry or whatever and it was it was really funny he yeah i'll see if i can it was all in korean so i i didn't understand any of it but yeah. uh <laughs> or japanese or whatever but there's a transcript i read and he starts off the video and he goes hello everyone kenta maeda here and then he says so i pitched yesterday and threw an no hitter and the guy off the camera says, no, you didn't. You were close, though. And Maeda goes, oh, I think my memory is failing me. I thought I threw a no-hitter. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but And then he goes on to say, he said, but our closer, Taylor Rogers, felt so bad that he gave me a letter and present, and he left it at my locker. It said, Kenta on the front, both in Japan and the U.S. <laughs> I have experience with closing pitchers. Coming to apologize. And then he says, um, he said he initially offered to buy me some alcohol, but I don't drink. So um, he bought me some high quality Japanese rice from a store I like. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so. That's funny. But it'll be, I mean, we're at the halfway point of the season right now. Mm -hmm. We have about a month left. It'll be a, f- and I mean the central is a is pretty close right now. The yeah. The Indians are two and a half games out. The White Sox are also two and a half games out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's closer than I thought it would be and want it to be. <laughs> yeah, I think I knew it was going to be close just because of the the sample size of the games. I think if we played 162 games by the halfway point of that season, it wouldn't be this close. But yeah. we only played 30 games. So. And, yeah, and the National League Central isn't doing very well. The who? The National League oh, Central. Yeah. Our competition. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're not, not doing very well. <laughs> no, the Cubs are. The Cubs, I mean, are. the Cubs are eighteen and ten, and they're the division leaders. And then in second is the Cardinals at ten and eight. <laughs> yeah, well, they have an, Yeah, they they have a very small sample size too, though. So yeah, yep. So the Central. It's good that our competition isn't doing very well. Yeah, I mean, I think that we probably have, if not the easiest, one of the easiest schedules in the league. Which is good. Yeah. The National League East also is not super hot. Neither – besides the Yankees – well, I guess the Blue Jays aren't doing bad, but the Orioles and the Red Sox are awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happened with them, but, I mean, they, they won the World Series, what, two years ago? And now yeah, they're just, now I'm 20. getting rid of Mookie. hurt them. Yeah, Angels nine and twenty one. The Pirates seven and seventeen. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, the Angels are good. I mean, they on paper they don't look terrible. I mean, they have the best player in the game right now. They have. Mm-hmm. 
Rendon, they have Otani, and like, yeah, I don't know. They just aren't playing very well. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Uh, one big Minnesota piece of news, though. The, the Wolves finally got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was not expecting that. Me either. But we have the number one pick. Moved up for the first time ever in the lottery. Uh, yeah. What are, what, are, what are we doing? What, which pick do we have from the Nets again? Was it 17? Yep, 17. Yeah, so we have the first and the 17th overall pick in this draft this year. And I think we trade. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, some people who want to, um, I don't know. If worse comes to worse, and we d- we can't get a trade, we still have the first overall pick, right? Which but, is, I mean, isn't I really feel like good. it's not that hard to find someone for the number one overall pick. I mean, you no. just have, you just have to have the right package. Mm-hmm. I was looking at um, the top prospects right now. Um, we're Ben Simmons, uh, CJ McCollum, and. Uh, who was it? Uh, you think the the Blazers are going to trade CJ? I mean, I was just looking at the um, rumors oh. for who who the Timberwolves are in talks with. Devin Booker? No. That, I think they, they were saying that that one wasn't looking. I think after cool. after the way he played in the bubble, after the Suns went eight zero, and he was a star. I mean, he was a stud. I mean, he played he so was. well in the bubble. It's it's yeah. gonna be hard to. I think that that. I mean, if he if he had played if he didn't play like that in the bubble, then it would have been easier. But his price is gonna be very high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, what was it? Bradley Bradley Beal? No. Oh yeah, Bradley Beal. I mean, he wants to. He wants out of Washington. Yeah, I think they were in talks with Bradley Beal, CJ McCollum, and um, Ben Simmons so far. Yeah, uh, the uh, and maybe this is just a smokescreen, but but uh, the Sixers GM said they're not looking to trade Joel or Ben this year. Really? This morning he said that. So I don't know. I think <clears throat> I don't think that you get the best of Ben Simmons or the best of Joel Embiid if you have both of them together. Yeah, and the Sixers. I mean, they they did not look good this in the playoffs. I mean, they they got killed by the the Celtics, and and a part of that was because Ben Simmons was hurt. But I don't know. I think that they should look to trade one of them. But and I would love mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. I mean, he would fit really well around D'Lo and Cat. But. Yeah, I'm not a huge Ben Simmons fan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, he's really good, and I think that if you use him right, he's a top 20 player in the league. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to. He's got to stay healthy. It's hard to say. I mean, he's a he is a point guard. We have D'Lo. Well, yeah, but D'Lo could play shooting guard. He could. It's fun to have him kind of lead the floor, though. Yeah, that's true. 
I don't think you can bring in Ben Simmons and have two people who want to lead the floor and are good at it. Yeah. And have them work very well together, which is why I think if we do trade, we should get like another shooting, a better shooting guard. Like Beal. I mean, Beal would be good. Yeah. I mean, I would not be upset with that. Yeah. But yeah, it says that they're so far they're in talks with Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, and CJ McCollum. Okay. And if we could get Bradley Beal or CJ McCollum, that would I would not be <laughs> mad. That would also, be... if we could get Devin Booker somehow, right. I'm just going to hope the world <laughs> never get rid of Rosas. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. And uh, another piece about the Wolves is last night, John Krasinski and uh, how do you say it? Sh- Shams? Sh- Shams? Uh, the guy from, know. you know who I'm talking about, though, the guy from. The NBA insider, uh, Shames. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Glenn Taylor is in advanced talks to sell the franchise to a group led by Daniel E. Strauss. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty close, it sounds like, to that. And my hope with that, and he used to be a minority owner for the Grizzlies. Yep. And I think he'd be a good person. I don't. Yeah, I don't know much about him, but... I just hope that the two things that I hope he doesn't do is move the franchise, first of all. And because, mm-hmm. I mean, Glenn Taylor says he'd said that he is not going to sell to someone who has, is planning to move the franchise. I mean, he wants it to stay in Minnesota. Yeah. But yep. I, mean, I like that. What, what can you do, though, once you sign, sign the team over, you know? How do you. I it mean, could probably be part of the contract. It could, I guess. But what do you say? Oh, you have to. Maybe they say. I mean, you can't say in there. You have to keep the. Can, I mean, can you? Can you say you have to keep the Timberwolves in Minnesota for as long as you own the team? I don't know. Can you say that? Um, or, you could. Or you <laughs> I don't say that's not possible. You can't tell them to say it has to stay in minute. Yeah, yeah. For as long as you own the team. You could do like a you could do like ten years, years type of thing. Yeah, but then as soon as ten years is up, you know, there. But I don't know. But then also, I don't want them to bring in their own guys. You know, I don't want them to get rid of Rosas because I really like what Rosas is doing, and I think that he knows what he's doing and knows how to build a winning team. I mean, I think any logical owner wouldn't get rid of him. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> in. but the. Owners are really – they really like their own people. Right, exactly. They like <laughs> they to like bring to in their own people. And they like to kind of take control of a franchise, which is scary, like just why I wish Kevin Garnett could get it. <laughs> I, Yeah, I'm mixed feelings about that too because I think yeah. that bringing Garnett back and having him be part of the Wolves would be huge for the franchise and the state just because, I mean, he is the best player in franchise history by far. He he is a legend in Minnesota, and I think that it's awful that his his number is not retired and he doesn't have a statue outside of Target Center, you know. But mm-hmm. also, I I want him to be if he's part. Which they said the or John Krasinski said that Kevin Garnett is not involved with this group. But if somehow his group buys the Wolves, I don't want him to have a like any final say 
and anything basketball related. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) I just don't think he has the right brain to be able to say like, like he said that he wants to be president of basketball operations. If he owns a team, if he is a minority owner and I don't think that would be good for the Timberwolves as a basketball team, you know, like, he yeah, just, I can see that. I don't like it's really good to have in their corner and be like the face of the wolves, right? That would bring, that would bring electricity back to exactly basketball in Minneapolis. But I I agree with you. I don't having I, be the final say on right. basketball operations, like, right? And he could be like he could have like a say in it. I just don't want him yeah. like to be the person with the final say. Like I don't want him in charge of anything basketball related because even if you look back i was reading an article and they were talking about how when he was a timberwolf and i mean he was the best player on the team of course and so like he had pull power i mean he had the power to say i want you or he had a say on who they could bring in you know and he would give ideas and it sounded like some of the guys that he had them bring in did not really work out and like he, yeah. just, he wasn't super great at identifying who the best talent is and who would fit best with the team. And he probably still isn't. I'm sure he's not. And so I don't think I would trust him to have that final say. So, yeah, that's true. So that's the only yeah. thing that scares me about that. But if he could, if he could be part of that group and come in and be that face of the ownership group. I think that that would be huge for Timberwolves basketball. Yeah, for sure. Do you think think if we trade the first pick and the 17th pick and James Johnson and Jarrett Culver, we could get Devin Booker? Uh, No. I think that – I think if we would either have, I don't think that we could put James Johnson in that. I don't think he's good enough to be part of that deal. I don't. I don't know why the Suns would want James Johnson. Honestly, I mean he's like yeah. thirty-five years old, and I mean he's a good player, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's. I don't think. It, I think Devin Booker is too good for just Culver and Johnson. I mean, you get the number one pick and the seventeenth pick, but. I w- I would say that they would probably want a, a guy like a Kogi. Like I would I would think that it would take like a Kogi and Culver and both picks. I'd be fine with doing that. I would too. I mean, a Kogi is not <clears throat> incredible. The thing about it is that like one, a Kogi's our best defender, and you're bringing in a guy that doesn't play defense, <laughs> so. Um, that would hurt us. I mean, unless we can put up 140 points a game, which with Cat, D'Lo, and Booker, we might be able to, <laughs> and Beasley. But yeah, Akogi's good on defense. Offensively, he doesn't really contribute a whole lot, though. Yeah. This and the th- the second thing I was going to say is that Culver and Akogi. I mean, and I think it could be worth it for Booker, but they're also both very young. So, which that would work for the Suns. I mean, but it's tough to give up two young guys who have shown some potential. But 
But for Booker, I'd be okay with it. So Yeah. I'd rather have someone who averages close to 30 points a game and is not as great at defense than someone who averages eight points a game and is good at defense. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, I mean, in the NBA, they don't really play defense anyway. So Yeah, until the playoffs come, and then they right. pick it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you – quick, who do you think is going to win the NBA Finals? Uh, well, who do I want to win the NBA Finals? Sure. Mavericks. <laughs> who do you think is going to win? Um, hopefully not the Lakers. Um, I, I think that it'll probably come out of the West. It'll probably be the Clippers or the Lakers. Although the Lakers haven't looked very good. They they played well last night, but mm-hmm. they've, they've just looked okay. Yeah, I think the um, – what's their name? I think the Celtics could. Yeah, except they have to play – They're the, playing really well this year. They have to play the Raptors, and the Raptors have been playing really, really well too. Mm-hmm. Which I think the yeah. Raptors could repeat. They could. Do you see I the, think whoever comes out of that is probably my pick for who's going to win it all. The Celtics or Raptors? Yeah. All right. Do you see the Raptors put up 150 on the Nets? Yeah. Holy <laughs> Just destroyed them. And that's with – I mean, they, they don't even have Kawhi anymore. That's Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet leading that team. And Kyle Low- Lowry only played nine minutes because he got hurt. So, I love I love all the love that Damian Lillard was getting this year. He's so good. But after that loss last night, that just hurt. I know he's he <laughs> is so he's so good though. I mean, yeah. I mean the Blazers don't really have a whole lot else. They have I mean McCollum's good, and Gary Trent Jr. has has been playing really well. But I mean Lillard has been carrying that team. He's yeah. insane. Yep. And I would love to see the Thunder take out the Rockets, too. Me, too. Isn't that 2 2 now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. He was mad last night. <laughs> he knocked over the hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think whoever wins between Raptors and Celtics is my pick okay. for who's going to win it all. But I'd like to see the Mavericks. Well, that series is 2 2 also now. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yep. I yep, don't know with that if, insane forty-some point triple double in the um, yeah game-winning three from deep. Donkic, wow. he is. I mean, he's the future of the NBA. He's going to be the best player in the NBA. Yeah, I was. I was always saying, like on our podcast a while ago, that like Zion Williamson would come in and be like the next LeBron. Yeah. Luca's the next LeBron, man. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah. They're very different players. They are. He is on the He's going to be the face of the NBA. Yeah, for sure. It's so fun to watch him play. And he's like, he's not slowing down. He's younger than us. Yeah, he's (laughs) 21. Yeah, where that players are starting to be younger than us. I know. Like, there's another. I mean, there's okay. There's a lot of young talent, not just in the NBA, but which there is a ton of young, really good talent in the NBA, but also just across sports. I mean, one of one of my favorite players in 
baseball right now is Fernando Tatis. I mean, he's so fun to watch. Yeah, and he's he's, he's 21 this year, and he's probably going to win NL MVP, and he'll be the youngest MVP ever. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to be 21 this entire year. He's just – he's so fun to watch. Yeah, he's awesome. So it's just – it's fun to see all these young players doing well across boards. Mm-hmm. So – and Dale Styles will listen to this and be like, "Well, I'm older than all of the players." So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, there's my there's my Dale shout out. Right. It's got to happen every time. Uh huh. Well, that's there's a lot of sports, sports happening. Hopefully, we'll be more consistent now. Um, I'm down in Des Moines, Iowa, getting settled in here. Um, finally got Wi-Fi so we can do this. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll be more consistent about this. Um, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that you have Wi-Fi and right, it'll all work out now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, we will uh, – See you, everyone, next time. Yep, thanks for listening.